Plaza Direct King's Court starts now.
I've won and lost against the best. This old road's been a hell of a test. I'm still driving. I ain't slowing down. There's rules I'd love to break and bend. Mistakes I've made again and again. But I tell you this, my friends, I'm still around. I hit it hard, man. So far, man. No laying up, no holding back. And a good Tuesday morning, St. Louis and all parts. And points, north, east, south, and west. We welcome you in. Kevin Slayton with you. This is the Monster Energy Drink, stl-cars.com, Window World, King's Court, on kevinslaytonshow.com. This is where you get the live version of the show every morning, Monday through Friday, from 7 to 9 Central Time. And then, of course, the podcast will air here, as well as Anchor, Apple, Amazon, Google, Spotify, and any place that you have Located podcast, that's where you'll find us. We bring you the unvarnished truth, backed by facts and evidence every morning. We allow your participation in the show. 636-348-4460. 636-348-4460. Have you noticed most shows around the country don't do that anymore? There's no almost no such thing as a call-in show anymore. But we do it. We do it here in the morning, and we do it at noon Central Time on our Monster Energy Drink STL-Cars.com sports show on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. We believe that everybody has a right to speak their mind, friend or foe. You agree, you disagree, doesn't matter. Bring your facts. It's never good to go to a knife fight without a knife, right? So bring your facts if you want to get into a debate. We have ours. We're always at the ready. We have great people who help us, our director of research and other folks who help us all the time, and we appreciate that help. We appreciate your support. That's why our show is ranked in the top 5% of all podcasts worldwide. That's over 3 million podcasts, and it's because of you. So we thank you, and we thank you for supporting our sponsors. Speaking of which, the great uh, energy drink, Monster Energy Drink, I just had my... Zero Ultra this morning. That's zero sugar, just 10 carbs. It tastes great. There's all kinds of Monster Energy Drink flavors, though. So don't just go by what I tell you about that one. If you want a different kind, go get it. It's fantastic. And I'm telling you, it gives you that that start to your day. Who isn't dragging when you get up on a Tuesday morning? Good grief. you got to have something, and that Monster Energy Drink gives you that boost and that punch of energy that you need, if you got to focus on a big meeting today, it'll help you do that. A lot of companies spend their money on ad agencies and TV commercials and billboards to try to tell you how great their product is. But at Monster Energy, they do it differently. It's not just a drink. It's a lifestyle in a can. And when they have a scene, a sporting event, they support it with parties, cool events. They turn it all into reality, folks. It's a lot of fun when Monster Energy comes to town, sponsoring an event, maybe bringing a band, your favorite band, to your hometown. It's all about being your best and at the top of your game with the most badass energy drink on the planet. 
Unleash the beast in you. Monster energy drink. It'll get you going, I promise. That's the Slayton guarantee. Slayton guarantee if you're down in Cajun country. We try to please everybody. Everybody. A uh, quick Monday night football note. There were two games last night. T- Tommy DeVito for the Giants, who played at Illinois his senior year. He transferred there from Syracuse. Played well at Illinois. Went to the Giants this year, and for whatever reason, Brian Dable would put him in games and not let him throw. I mean, the, the debacle against the Jets was the worst game in history. And it wasn't DeVito's fault. He was ordered not to throw the ball, just hand it off. So last night on Monday Night Football, with about 30 DeVito family members in the stands at Giants Stadium, he led the Giants on a game-winning field goal drive to upset the Packers. And, of course, Fox News can't help themselves. The legend of Tommy DeVito grows. Uh, there is no legend. <laughs> if there's going to be a legend, it began last night. But to this point, there hasn't been a legend. Let's be clear. But Fox has never stopped from overhyping something if they can capitalize on it. So there is no legend, but Tommy DeVito was spectacular. It could be that a star was born last night in New York. I've always thought when he was at Illinois and before that when he was at Syracuse, he's a heck of a passer. So we'll see if he can do so for the Giants more than one drive, more than one game. But it was a big upset. The Packers had come in there, one of the hottest teams in the league. Good for Tommy DeVito. Good for his family. His agent was seen kissing his dad in the stands after he led the, the drive. Funny stuff last night with the, De, the DeVito family. And then he went home, apparently, to a spaghetti dinner at his mom's house, his parents' house, and his mom cooked for him. Only in America, only in Italian America, right? Great stuff. Great family stuff. As I said, our phone lines are always open for you, 636-348-4460. Tomorrow's a big day for Hunter Biden. He's got to answer a subpoena. Wait wait a minute, it's Tuesday. Thursday, I think it is. Uh, No, it's tomorrow, Wednesday. Wednesday, I think he has to answer that subpoena. If he fails to show, Congress can hold him in contempt, which is what they should do. Now, I don't think he's going to show. I think he's so arrogant. His lawyer, Abby Lowell, is perhaps the most arrogant lawyer I've seen. And believe me, I've dealt with a lot of arrogant lawyers. But this guy really thinks he's written the law and that the law shines on him every day. Now, we'll see if he decides that he'll take Hunter Biden into Congress. He can go there and plead the fifth, of course, which is my guess what the coward would do. In the meantime, you've got Jamie Raskin, that loser, running into the Republican committee mem- uh, members and c- into committees, into their meetings, and begging them not to go forward with this impeachment inquiry into Joe Biden. Well, what are you afraid of? I mean, you've been saying all along there's no evidence. So if there's no evidence, why do you care? Let the Republicans fall flat on their face. I mean, there's no evidence of any wrongdoing, no evidence of any links from Hunter to Joe. Now, of course, none of that's true, but Raskin has been lying about it for a long time. So if you really believe your own lie, what are you afraid of? You should welcome an inquiry. Keep in mind, this is not an impeachment proceeding. It's simply an inquiry, and it allows the Republican committees to gather more information. That's all it is. There is no impeachment that's ongoing. 
And I don't believe the Republicans are going to do it. I've advocated against it. Not that they listen to me. But if they did listen to me, they'd make a hell of a lot less mistakes. And that's not because I'm a genius. It's because they're stupid. Common sense tells you what to do. They don't seem to understand common sense. And on top of that, Republicans are spineless. They're cowards. They back down at every turn. So we'll see what they do with Hunter Biden if he doesn't show. Byron Donalds has some very strong feelings. He's the congressman from Florida. Does Hunter think he's untouchable, Congressman Donalds? Look, this guy, Hunter Biden, he thinks nothing can touch him because his daddy's been protecting him for years right now. We under, as we, what we understand right now, Maria, is, is that if it wasn't for a federal judge actually looking at the first plea deal that David Weiss put together when he wasn't a special counsel, by the way, that plea deal was a joke. They were going to hide all these tax charges under this, under this gun charge, which, by the way, didn't even follow through with what it needed to do. They were going to hide the FARA violations under the gun charge. And so the only reason this is coming forward is because of House Republicans continuing this investigation. If Hunter Biden thinks he's going to run and hide now because his last name is Biden and his daddy is president, he's got another thing coming. Well, we'll see. Now, the Republicans talk a tough game. They do that. They really do talk a tough game. i got to shake their hand on that and tip my cap. But they don't do a lot. They don't back those words up. Let's see if they do. Byron Donalds isn't prone to hyperbole, so when he says something, it's usually backed by some meaning. But it is interesting. Now, I would say this, though. It's not House Republicans who are responsible for this going forward. It is Judge Mary Ellen Noriega, who originally ruled against that plea deal, who said, this plea deal is bogus. Let's go back and you bring me something else because I'm not accepting this one. She was the real hero here so far. Without her, we may never find out about a lot of this stuff. But they were trying to hide the FARA violations in that plea agreement. FARA, of course, is the Foreign Agent Registration Act. Clearly, Hunter Biden was doing business as a foreign agent. Remember, the Democrats sent Paul Manafort to jail for that, for a lengthy period of time, ruined his life. So we'll see where he ends up, good old Hunter. Now, these charges have been filed in California, so my guess, of course, is you'll get a liberal judge. And I believe that's why David Weiss filed them there. They love to tell you that David Weiss is a Trump appointee. David Weiss carried over through administrations. These people, they'll, they'll, but they'll lie about anything. Honestly, they really will. We're going to get into the Harvard story uh, a little bit more today because Harvard has a faculty of 700 plus who have signed a letter to retain Claudine Gay as their president. Now, first of all, what university needs or has 700 faculty members? Honestly, how many courses do you offer? Who are these people? What do they do? I don't care because I don't pay to salaries of Harvard. It's not a public institution. But it's an elitist snob school. We know that. A lot of the presidents of the country come from Harvard. A lot of the big Washington uh, swamp rats come from Harvard. Harvard is one of the great producers of swamp rats in our history. Harvard, Yale, Yale. 
all of the Ivy League schools, Princeton, a lot of swamp rats come out of those places. Mostly Harvard and Yale, though. And especially Harvard. Harvard has now sullied its reputation beyond repair, I believe. No one will take Harvard seriously anymore. It'll take a generation to to cure the damage that Claudine Gay has done. Not to mention the billion-plus dollars they've lost in donations. I said billion. Remember, the Penn president had to resign the other day over the weekend because of a $100 million $100 million donation that was pulled back. Harvard's lost over a billion. <laughs> now, I don't know if she's going to survive this, and I really don't care about the 700 losers that have signed this letter to retain her, but it is unbelievable that their biggest donors, like Bill Ackman, want her out. Now, if he wants her out, chances are she's going out. I mean, this guy has a lot of power. Lots of power. And this is the letter that he sent to Harvard after the attack on Israel. This was back in November. He said, uh, I'm writing this letter. Regretfully, he wrote this to Gay. Never did I think I would have to write a letter to the president of my alma mater about the impact of her actions and inactions on the health and safety of its student body. For the past four weeks since October 7th, the horrors, I have been in dialogue with members of the corporate board, other alumni, students, faculty sharing and comparing our concerns about the growing number of anti-Semitic incidents on campus as we wait for you and the university to act. Oof. Jewish students are being bullied, physically intimidated, spat on. This is all at Harvard. If she, if he wants her out, I've got to believe she's out, right? I mean, let's be honest. This guy has a ton of money and donates a ton of it. He's the most influential guy on Wall Street. So I'm just guessing (laughs) that she's in trouble. He's not messing around. He's now sent another letter to the governing board at Harvard. This was after the testimony of last week. He said in in her short tenure as president, Claudine Gay has done more damage to the reputation of Harvard than any individual in our nearly 500-year history. <laughs> I mean she, she's I don't care about the 700 on the letter that signed the letter. She's out. I mean she's a goner. You know he's lobbying other alums that have a lot of money. He says, President Gay's absurd explanation for the lack of disciplinary action for the incidents on October 18th at Harvard, uh, that the university can't discipline students until FBI investigations are complete, is ridiculous. 
To date, I'm unaware of any disciplinary actions taken for the incident nearly two months later. So she's history. She, he, it might be a he, I don't know. They claim it has a husband, but I'm not so sure. I never know these things. But look like a guy. Sure wants to be a guy. It's strange, isn't it? Strange, strange, strange. So, uh, 700 faculty members have signed a letter. That's a lot. But Bill Ackman has a lot of money. And he knows people that have a lot of money. And if Harvard's already lost a billion, she's out. I don't care how many people sign a letter. But we'll, we'll get into that later because Alan Dershowitz, who is a very prominent Harvard alum and constitutional law professor there, will weigh in on it as we go along. Now, the media wants you to know, once again, what you have to remember. You have to remember, you know, anyone who knows Joe Biden, I think, knows that he responds to all of this as a father first and not as a politician. And Joe Biden is devoted to his son, Hunter. He was by his side as he fought this horrific addiction. And I think it's hard not to think that he must be concerned about what this spotlight now may do for his son's you know, continued recovery. <laughs> He's first a father. Well, what did he do when his kid was spending all of these millions of dollars on whores and hookers and $1,000 night hotel rooms and drugs? What did the father, this caring father, what did he do to try to help his son? Nothing so far as we can see. I love how these media suck-ups will constantly tell us he's such a loving father. Well, somewhere Charles Manson had a father, and I'm sure he loved little Chucky too. Somewhere mass murderers have fathers, probably love their sons. It doesn't excuse the behavior is the point. Hunter Biden is a criminal. His father is a criminal. They were in the enterprise together. All of the evidence says so, despite Democrats telling you there is no evidence. And yet they're going to try to paint Hunter Biden as some sort of victim. His lawyer started doing it again last night when he lied On national television, Abby Lowell trying to paint his client again as a victim. The U.S. Attorney's Office knew over five years what had happened with his lateness, why he was, as everybody knows, at the bottom of the barrel of his addiction to crack cocaine, which explains a lot of his misconduct and also addresses whether he was in what they call a scheme as opposed to just being at the, you know, the dullest part of addiction it's because his last name is biden but it's not like they're going after you know some distant cousin it's because he is the son of the president who's named biden so he was getting a sweetheart deal until a judge caught it that was only because his name was biden now he's been caught with all of these violations and somehow we're to believe that it's only because he's a biden His crack addiction, according to Abby Lowell, explains his behavior. So what? It doesn't matter why you did something. You did it. You broke the law. 
in every case, every step Hunter Biden took, whether it was drugs, he broke the law. He set up money laundering companies. He took illegal uh, donations from foreign adversaries for nothing in return except selling his father's name. We know that now. We know that the banks flagged over 170 suspicious activities. They don't want to, they don't want to flag one. They hate doing it because it invites bank examiners to come into their bank. They don't like that. Would you like the IRS to come into your house 170 times? The banks hate it. And this is how egregious it was. But the Democrats are telling you there's no evidence. Money went to Joe. We have now found two checks. Total of about, I think, $240,000. Supposedly for a loan repayment. Except there are no loan documentations. Where's the loan? What was the loan for? Where's the paperwork? Doesn't exist. I would venture a guess that the Bidens before they set up this scheme, consulted with the mob. Because this is just how the mob does business. In fact, one of the members of the Gambino family, we had his uh, interview on the show here, explaining how the mob laundered their money and that the Bidens are doing it exactly the same way. And when he said, people are asking, well, why didn't where's, where's the money for Joe? He said, he doesn't pick it up right away. And he said, I didn't pick it up right away. I waited a while. But now we find out that Joe's got at least 240000 that he's picked up. Where did Joe get three mansions? One of them right on the beach. He made $170,000 a year. So Abby Lowell can lie as often as he wants. He can make excuses as often as he wants. But being a crackhead addict is not an excuse for criminal behavior. Maybe it is the reason. I don't care. Nobody's going to give me a free pass if I go rob a bank and say, oh, by the way, I was high, so I guess I should go. It doesn't work that way. Most of these crimes are committed by people who are on drugs. If they let everybody who committed a crime who was on drugs walk free, nobody would ever be in jail. What about these psychopath shooters who run to a school or someplace and shoot as many people as they can? Should they say, well, you know, I was a little crazy. So it really doesn't matter that I did that. That's what the Bidens want you to think. They want you to feel sorry for Hunter Biden. I mean, this is like a an orchestrated Hollywood production. Let's feel sorry for Hunter. He was a drug addict. Did someone hold a gun to his head to take the drugs? No, no. He chose to do that too. That was his call. Now, I'm not saying that being in the throes of addiction is an easy thing to get out of. It's not. Everybody was well documented throughout our nation's history. People who were... Addicts like that really struggle to get out. That's not the issue, though. The issue is, did he break the law or didn't he? And the answer is yes, overwhelmingly. Hell, the guy pleaded guilty to it. Now, Abby Lowell wants to dismiss the gun charges that Hunter Biden pled pled guilty to. (laughs) 
Good luck with that one, by the way. Good luck. Eric Holder, who was Obama's attorney general, agrees with Abby Lowell that, you know, if this wasn't a Biden, he wouldn't be facing these charges. Well, it's not a witch hunt. It's pretty darn close, says Eric Holder. It's interesting. I'm not sure I'd call it a witch hunt. And yet I've spoken to former colleagues, both Republican and uh, Democrat, who um, were United States attorneys. And I asked them, well, you had these facts in your office. Would you have brought um, this case? And the answer to a per- person was, was no. This is not a case that w- we would have brought, that uh, there would have been some kind of resolution along the lines that was suggested in the possible plea agreement. Um, I think that he is, you know, being not targeted, but treated perhaps a little differently because of uh, who he is. There's a political component um, to this case, which is not to say that um, the special uh, prosecutor, Mr. Weiss, is doing anything inappropriate. But I think there is certainly political pressure that exists in this case that you would not see uh, with regard to other matters. (laughs) This guy's so full of it. The plea deal was because of political matters. Are you trying to suggest that what you're doing, what your people are doing to Donald Trump is not politically motivated? Give it a rest, buddy. Donald Trump hasn't broken any laws. Hunter Biden has admitted to breaking laws. It's incredible. But this is how these people act. How do you even begin to go in front of a national television show and say that Hunter Biden is being targeted? In addition, if that worthless host of that show on CNN had any journalistic credibility at all, and they they don't, but if they had any at all, the easy follow-up question to what he just said is this. You mentioned Republicans and Democratic former U.S. attorneys that you've spoken to who said that every one of them, you said, claimed they would not have filed charges. Who did you talk to? Name names. Let's hear them. Who said that they wouldn't have prosecuted Hunter Biden? Because I'll tell you who the answer is. Nobody said that. That's just Eric Holder blowing more smoke like he's good at doing. Eric Holder tried monumentally to indict Darren Wilson in Ferguson, the white police officer, Holder being black, at the orders of his boss, the mulatto, Obama. They couldn't stir the racial divide quickly enough. They did everything in their power to indict Darren Wilson, and they failed, which shows you how innocent Darren Wilson really was. Darren Wilson was innocent beyond the pure driven snow. That's how pure this guy was in that case. And yet, what did the liberals do to him? They tore his life to pieces. And they didn't care. Obama didn't care. Holder didn't care. They didn't care what they did to this guy. He's no longer a policeman, to my knowledge. He moved out of Ferguson, moved out of town, moved out of St. Louis area. He and his wife both. She was a police officer, too. So both of them who had realized a dream to both become police officers now gave up their careers because of people like Eric Holder and Obama who decided to make Darren Wilson the scapegoat so that they could continue to push their racist agenda on this country. That the evil white man is always the oppressor to the poor black man who's always the victim. 
That all started with Obama. Let's never forget that. It's continued with the bigoted racist that's in the White House now. But Holder failed to indict Darren Wilson. The old saying is you can indict a ham sandwich. That's how easy it is. He failed. With all of the resources of the federal government geared to take Darren Wilson down, Eric Holder failed. He's either one of the worst attorneys ever or Darren Wilson was beyond reproach. Probably a combination of the two. Either way, they ruined Darren Wilson's life. Those are the kind of people that this country has put in the White House. And no one should ever forget that. David Axelrod, who has been wanting to get Joe Biden to resign and not run again, Obama's former campaign chief, now leads the parade of idiots who claim there's no evidence linking Joe Biden to Hunter Biden's illegal activities. Uh, there are a lot of people in this country who have children who have fallen to uh, addiction. And uh, uh, and despite two years of effort, there's been no success in, in linking Biden to any wrongdoing uh, by Hunter Biden. That link has not been drawn yet. No, it, it hasn't. There's yet to be any evidence that, that President Biden had anything to do with the criminal charges his son now faces. Do you see how Democrats try to distract you? They, they like to hide the ball. No one claimed that Joe Biden has any link to Hunter Biden's drug lawbreaking. No one's ever said that. So no, the Republicans, Axelrod, have not spent two years trying to establish a link between Hunter Biden's drug use and Joe Biden. That has never been the case. What they have established is not only a link but obvious evidence that Joe Biden was involved in Hunter Biden's money laundering schemes with foreign governments, was involved in Hunter Biden's businesses overseas, was involved with Hunter Biden's business associates, in fact, was the guy that got 10% of all the money stolen from all of these foreign governments to get access to Joe Biden was the guy whose access was being sold by eyewitness testimony. That's what's been proven. So let's quit trying to distract voters and try to confuse them by claiming, well, there's no evidence that Joe ever was a part of this drug ring that Hunter was in. No one ever said he was. But Joe Biden himself, let's never forget, bragged, bragged that he was involved in getting a prosecutor filed or excuse me, fired, who was investigating Hunter Biden's company that he sat on the board, Burisma. (laughs) Isn't it beautiful? It's just beautiful. Keep in mind, Axelrod and all of them, Willie Geist, There is no claim that Joe Biden took part in Hunter's drug escapades. (laughs) It's unbelievable that they're they're trying to make some sort of issue out of this. Uh, They've tried two years to prove that he was involved in his drug problems. No, they haven't. No one's tried that. Yesterday, 
Jack Smith, the corrupt prosecutor in the Donald Trump uh, case, the January 6th case, and the documents case both, filed motions with the Supreme Court regarding Trump and his immunity as president on January 6th to any potential crimes. Now, it's odd that you would go over the heads of the appellate court and the district court and try to go straight to the Supreme Court. There's only one reason to do that, and that's because Jack Smith is panicking that he won't be able to get Trump tried and convicted by a D.C. jury in time for the election. The goal here has always been to get a conviction of Donald Trump in one of these bogus jurisdictions that are against Donald Trump. 92% of the vote in D.C. went for Biden in 2020. Trump got 5%. So Jack Smith wants a jury in Washington, D.C. to hear his bogus case. In other words, it doesn't matter whether he's got proof of anything or not. They're going to convict Donald Trump. Then they can say, hey, we've got a felony conviction. You're, are you going to vote for a felon? Even though that will, without question, if they get it, be overturned on appeal. So Smith is in a hurry. He needs to get Trump tried before that election takes place. And so that's what he's doing. Christopher Landau, who clerked for Justice Scalia, and has argued cases in front of the Supreme Court, explains the motion that Smith filed and how bizarre it is. One was an extraordinary motion to have the Supreme Court decide this important immunity issue before the Court of Appeals. I mean, the district court, we have three levels in our system, district court, Court of Appeals, Supreme Court. The normal path is for the case to go to the Court of Appeals. Jack Smith wants the Supreme Court to basically take that case before the Court of Appeals has even decided it, well, I think it's obvious. The mask is coming off. This is about election interference. As you just said, this is all about the timetable that they want to get Trump convicted before the 2024 election. Bingo, bango, bongo. Simple. That's all it's about. And Christopher Landau recognizes that we now live officially in a banana republic. We are really in a banana republic where this is, again, there's no way to explain this other than election interference. They want a D.C. jury, essentially, to decide the 2024 election by having this jurisdiction where, by the way, in the last election... Uh, Biden got 92% of the votes and Trump five. So they want to tell the rest of the country, oh, no, Trump was criminally convicted in D.C. Are you going to vote for a convicted felon? I mean, this is all a setup. It is all a setup. There's always a madness behind whatever the Democrats do. They love it. They love, this is all they do. They don't do anything for the people. They don't legislate. They don't govern. They're always scheming. These are the biggest schemers in history. A lot of them went to Yale and Harvard. By the way, there's a report today that most of the students at Yale got A's. (laughs) So there's corruption even in the grading process at these Ivy League schools. Never have the Ivy League schools come under such fire, and I'm so happy. Those elitist snobs, they walk around with their nose in the air so high that when it rains, they'll drown. 
But they're always up to something. And in this case, the setup was clear. All of a sudden, Donald Trump's indicted. Boom, 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 boom. Four different places, none of which are crimes. He hasn't committed a crime yet. This farce in New York over the real estate evaluations is the biggest joke in the history of our legal system. Everybody involved should be disbarred. The judge, the state's attorney general, any lawyers that she has working for her should all be disbarred. They know they're taking place in a hoax. They're taking place, uh, taking part in a hoax. They've known it from the day she announced that she was going to run for attorney general. And she said she was running to get Trump. A judge who decided the case before he heard the first witness said so. It's not my opinion. He said so. Disbarred. That's the only thing that works for people like this. That's the only way you send a message strongly enough that other judges and other lawyers hear you. You're disbarred. You can no longer work in the legal field. Forever. And that's how you stop this. Until that happens, until we stop pussyfooting around with corrupt prosecutors and judges, this will... Continue. You'll never find justice in a courtroom. Just ask the Duke Lacrosse kids who had a corrupt prosecutor there who intentionally withheld evidence to send them to jail for the rest of their lives for a rape they didn't commit. And he knew they didn't commit it. He had evidence that exonerated them, but kept it secret because he was running for re-election and he needed the black vote in the Raleigh-Durham area. Can you imagine? What did he get for that? He got disbarred. But he only got one day in jail. One day. He was trying to put those kids away for the rest of their lives and ruin their lives. And he still tarnished their reputations beyond reproach, perhaps. One day in jail. What kind of deterrent is that? So these other people need to be disbarred. They won't be, because New York is New York. What a creepy place that's become. Wow. Unbelievable. So if they jail Trump on these bogus charges, what do you think is going to happen? All of these liberals, oh, my God, you know, Trump's going to start a war, a civil war. There's going to be a riot. There's going to be this. There's going to be that, an insurrection. Trump hasn't started anything. But you people have. And you want to do it again. And they want to do this so that people will rebel like that and so that they can arrest and beat up more Republicans. That's all they want to do. Owen Schroyer, who was jailed by these bastards, who's now a free man, is going to be on our show this week. And you'll hear firsthand for what they did to him. They want more of this. And Tucker Carlson knows that if they jail Trump, we can expect more. So speaking of violence, that's what you're going to get. But I'm just being honest here. If you leave people no alternative, then what do you think is going to happen? And if you take that away, if you haven't staged an unfair election, which 2020 was, you know, if you if you suppress information that voters need to make an informed decision, you're rigging the election. And they did that. So Mm -hmm. if you keep doing that and people are like, wait, I have no economic power. You've devalued my currency. So it's like eleven dollars for a dozen eggs and my vote doesn't matter anymore. Well, then what do I have? Like, what power do I have? 
and you know you're going to get violence if you keep this shit up and that's just the truth that's exactly right if you keep this shit up you're going to get violence people have a breaking point they came to it on january 6th they damn near had the breaking point of all time but they didn't nobody was armed it was just a dust up nobody nobody got uh, killed on their side, except we did. We lost people. The murdering cop in Washington, D.C. was on the loose, still on the loose. Nobody's even pursuing him. But you think that was an insurrection? Go ahead and jail Trump. See what you're going to get. You'll have your insurrection, and people will die. There isn't any question about it. If you pull that stunt, Watch and see what happens. And I can't wait for one. I can't wait for it to happen. If they they want to pull that, watch and see what happens. And this country needs it. It's like an enema for this country. Get rid of these swamp rats, pieces of crap. And the only way to do it is to rebel. And the Constitution gives us a duty to rebel against a tyrannical government. It doesn't just say you ought to do it. It gives us the duty to do it. And so the next time you hear these jackwagon liberals, oh, you know, you overthrow the government, we're duty bound. They don't understand that because they've never read the Constitution. It it is amazing, isn't it? Now, we know Pelosi would just as soon drool over it than read it. <laughs> and yet here she is still in office. If you ever want proof of, of election rigging, just look around at all these people who are in office for 30 years or so. And by the way, that includes Republicans. It's pretty amazing, isn't it? I, I, I keep I said the Constitution. I, I keep saying that. I meant the Declaration of Independence. Our duty is in the Declaration. It's not in the Constitution. And here I'll read it to you. When a long train of abuses and usurpations pursuing invariably the same object evinces a design to reduce them under absolute despotism, it is our right. It is our duty to throw off such government and to provide new guards for their future security. Our duty. Duty. Now, the Constitution does give us the right to overthrow the government, if it's a tyrannical government. It doesn't say it's our duty. The Declaration gives us the duty to do so. The Constitution says this. Whenever any form of government becomes destructive of these ends, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to to institute new government. It's very simple. It's very simple. And that is our right. And it's going to happen. Now, instead of having Donald Trump 
and the people be able to decide whether he should win or lose, this government, with the setup in place, wants to keep this bird brain in office. How many years has it been since October 7th, Joe Biden, as he fumbled around the other day? Well, we know this year's Hanukkah is different. It's been 65 years since the deadliest day of the Jewish people since the Holocaust. 65 years. 65 years since October 7th. He said it twice. (laughs) It's pretty amazing. This is the guy who is leading the free world. Hanukkah is different this year because it's been 65 years (laughs) since October 7th. 65 years, in case I didn't get it right the first time. (laughs) Then he started meandering again, and he started telling the lie about his house fire. Now, how many times have you heard this lie? It's a lie, and he keeps repeating it for some reason every time he sees a fireman. It also saved my home and my wife's life when I was away. It was the last day uh, that uh, the most famous guy doing Meet the Press uh, in Washington, D.C., and I was doing the program. And... uh, what happened was uh, there was a lightning struck a little pond behind my house, hit a wire, came up through the basement of my home, and three stories, and the smoke literally ended up being that thick, literally that thick. You've seen it. You guys have seen it. I wasn't there, and my wife was there, and my my dog and my cat, <laughs> and my 67 Corvette. You know, but all kidding aside, they saved my wife. Got her out. Saved my home. My 67 Corvette. What an ass. First of all, that's, that entire story is a lie. It was a kitchen fire that caused very little damage. The fire department has continually debunked this story. So they put it out within 15 minutes. No one was around. No one was hurt. No one was in, in jeopardy. Biden says they saved his wife's life and his kid's wife and his cat's life and his 67 Corvette's life. Who mentions their car? Honestly. Who in their right mind would ever mention their car in the same vein as their if their wife and their child was in jeopardy of losing their lives? Well, my car was also in trouble. And my cat... <laughs> God, what a dope this guy is. Listen to this mumbo-jumbo. This is just yesterday. If you can decipher this, I'll pay you big money. What is he talking about? I hope my grandkids grow up to be, don't listen to their parents who all decided to do something, run the World Food Program, run the, another one be Attorney General, another one run a social organization for at-risk youth, you know, they got all this education, and they said, you know, I should have had a Republican kid. <laughs> so when they put me in a home, I'd have a window with a view, you know what I mean? But, but now there's going to be no view. What in the hell does that mean? And what are those people laughing at? Did he say something funny? Usually he's a walking, talking sitcom. But he didn't say anything funny. And they all start laughing, like the little Stepford losers that they are. Oh, Joe made a funny. 
What did he say? He said, I, I should have raised a Republican kid. Because oh, then I would have had a room with a view. What? What in the hell is he talking about? He doesn't know. Here he was in Vegas on Friday. This alone should get him committed to the nut house. Look, I own a couple shotguns. I, 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 I haven't shot them in a while because I used to usually just make target practice. She skeet shooting. And all the studies show, by the way, you get from, people get from point A to point B faster on a train than their car. They take the train. They take the train. Over a billion, three hundred million, trillion, three hundred million dollars. Trump. They started off making fun of it, calling it Bidenomics. Well, guess what? It is Bidenomics. We have a lot more to do to put our plan is already paying off. I made a commitment that nobody making less than 400,000 bucks a year, which is way above what I ever made until I became president. <laughs> but was, look. But was, look. How much money did he say? I think he said over a billion, 300 million, trillion, 300 million dollars. <laughs> How much is that? Can anybody tell me? Biden just said over a billion, 300 million, trillion, 300 million dollars. Let's hear it again. You, you'll pick it up. It's about middle of this rumbling message, whatever he's talking about. Look, I own a couple shotguns. I, 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 I haven't shot them in a while because I used to usually just make target practice. She skeet shooting. And all the studies show, by the way, you get from, people get from point A to point B faster on a train than their car. They take the train. They take the train. Over a billion, three hundred million, trillion, three hundred million dollars. They started off making fun of it, calling it Bidenomics. Well. That's what he said. Over a billion, three hundred million, trillion, three hundred million dollars. Somebody tell me how much that is, please. I'm going to go crazy trying to figure it out. <laughs> oh, and then people started cheering. <laughs> what a complete and utter moron. He has no chance to win, folks. Let me put you at ease. He has no chance to win. Now, they're going to try to steal it. So the Republicans have to be prepared, but he has no chance. Not this time. They they can't steal it. Republicans were asleep, asleep at the switch last time. Did you see Michigan's latest polling? Michigan. Trump was pulled ahead by 10 points in Georgia by four. Or maybe, maybe it's not six in Georgia, six. He's up six in Georgia, 10 in Michigan. Do you know how hard it would be to cheat like that? Joe pointed out there that he's never made $400,000 until, until I was president. Well, then how do you have three mansions? Dr. Jill was a teacher. How did you get three mansions on that salary, Joe? One hundred seventy grand a year. Now, people listening... Don't all make 170000 a year. And you'd say to yourself, that's a lot of money. That's a good salary. It's not, it doesn't make you wealthy, though. $170,000 will buy you a nice house. One. Not three. Not three mansions. Not one beach house. But Joe has three. Huh. 
Interesting. Interesting. Kellyanne Conway is an expert in these polls and in reading these polls. It's what she does. And she questioned also why, as I did earlier, why is Jamie Raskin getting involved in the Republican meetings to go forward with the impeachment inquiry, and he's begging them not to? Why? What's he afraid of? His big mouth has been going for weeks, perhaps months now, that there's nothing for the Bidens to be worried about. They didn't do anything illegal, according to Raskin. Of course, you've got one guy pleading guilty to charges, but he did nothing illegal. Then why are you so afraid to go forward and get the information through the investigation? If there's nothing to see there, if there's truly no evidence, the Democrats should welcome the inquiry. Maybe it would help Joe Biden in the polls. They see him as a victim. They see him as put upon. They can say it's a partisan witch hunt. They know Joe Biden has very little, if any, political currency going into this impeachment inquiry. And they know this is a White House that has stonewalled and is non-compliant with the simplest of subpoenas. The simplest of subpoenas. Why? When you're innocent, don't you want to shout that you're innocent from the top of a mountain? Look at me. Investigate me. I am innocent. But Biden wants nothing to do with it. Biden stonewalls. Why is Raskin worried? He is. Kellyanne, what about those polls? Is the media going to be successful just because they hide information about Biden? They won't cover information about the Bidens? They claim that there's no link between Biden, Joe, and the criminality of son Hunter. Is that all going to work for them again? Who cares what the media thinks and does and covers and lies about when the people themselves are telling pollsters right, left, and center, this guy's got to go. They have no faith in him whatsoever. There's not a single issue where Joe Biden is more approved than disapproved in his handling on the issue, you name the issue. And these are public events where he has teleprompters. You're showing it right there. He's reading from a teleprompter and he's making these flubs and gaps. Can you see him in a 90-minute debate with Donald Trump? When he is asked, why do you go to East Palestine, Ohio? Why did you kill those Keystone Pipeline jobs on day one and punish 42,000 innocent Americans who either were or could be working in those jobs? Why did you uh, chaotically pull out of Afghanistan in August of 2021? Why did you do this, that, and the other in Ukraine, in the Middle East, at the border? Why are you letting 9 million people through? How in the world is he going to have the agility and the acuity and the ability to actually do that without a teleprompter on his own defending his record? I don't think he's getting away with the thing. I think the Democratic Party, long term, is is in a very bad place by just hanging on to Biden and to Harris. And what you see in the polls now is how people are going to vote a year from now, I promise you, less than a year from now. I hope she's prophetic. I hope that's true. I think it is. I don't think there's any doubt how people are going to vote. Now, you'll have the stragglers, the idiots out there who will vote for him. But there's no doubt how the overwhelming majority of this country is going to vote. The question is, will they be able to steal it? And you better take it seriously, Republicans, Ronna McDaniel. You better get off your lazy ass and quit quit spending all the time that you spend in the morning, putting the makeup on that you put on. It looks like it's about an inch and a half thick. Why don't you go without makeup for a day and do extra work in policing and making sure these election sites 
are secure, that the mail-in ballots are secure as one ballot, one person. Have you done any work on that, Rana? We can only pray. Because that's what it's all going to come down to. Everybody knows Donald Trump wins hands down. It would be a runaway landslide victory. But the cheating factor is going to be at play. And the Republicans had better be ready for it because if they're not, you're going to get a repeat of 2020. And if that happens, this country's finished. In so many ways. First of all, you're going to have a true civil war. And the more they continue to persecute Trump, you'll have it before the election. If they, if they continue this, if they convict him of anything, you're going to have it right then. It's incredible what's going on. On the one hand, we've got overwhelming evidence of Joe Biden's criminality. And then on the other side, you've got them charging Donald Trump everywhere over things he didn't do. If the Republicans don't become aggressive when Trump gets the the White House back again, then they should never be trusted again. And by aggressive, I mean go after these cheating bastards, these criminals. Charge them, try them, convict them. For real crimes, not for made-up stuff. Don't go around making stuff up like the Democrats do. Don't do that. Don't do that to harass people. Just like I say, don't impeach Biden. You've got the upper hand on the impeachment story. The Democrats did it twice to Trump for no reason. Don't come down to their level. The courts are where you get even with these people. In fact, you pull ahead because they go to jail. It's not about retribution. Why do you think the Democrats are screaming that Trump wants to get revenge? Because they know they're guilty. They're scared to death that he will appoint an attorney general who is aggressive who will file charges where the evidence leads him. The evidence. That's why they're gathering all the evidence. But the Attorney General under Trump, whether it's Cash Patel, Josh Hawley, any one of three or four people who'd be excellent at it, if that Attorney General stops at the Biden family, I'll be major league disappointed. You better go to Brennan, to Clapper, to Comey, to Schumer. Every one of these criminals needs to be investigated, charged if the evidence leads you there, tried and convicted. So that the next group of Democrats who think about doing this will think twice. But forever, they've been able to walk free. And they'll continue to do it until they won't walk free. Prison does have a funny way of making people pay attention. Pretty incredible how that works. So we'll see. And again, I'm thinking out loud of who he should appoint as Attorney General, and certainly those guys are candidates. 
But it has to be someone who hates them, who understands what they've done. Stephen Miller would be a great choice. But I think Stephen Miller would be better served in another position, another cabinet position. But any one of them, Stephen Miller, Josh Hawley, Cash Patel, would go after these people. But they would only go where the evidence leads them. They're not criminals like these Repub- like these Democrats are. The Republicans are just spineless. There's a difference. Big difference. And now we've got Zelensky coming to town in D.C. today. I guess he's going to try to intimidate Republicans who want to tie any aid to Ukraine to our border security, and the Democrats don't want to do it. They don't want to secure our border. The Republicans are steadfast. I guarantee you the invitation to Zelensky to come here has been extended by the Democrats, more specifically Biden. Come here and browbeat these guys. Beat them into submission. We don't care about our border. We just care about your border, President Zelensky. We don't care about our own border, right? What's to care about? J.D. Vance, the senator from Ohio, thinks differently. You have a foreign leader coming to the United States like we're some sort of geopolitical salvation army. That is not the role of the United States here, is to hand out money to every beggar who comes into our country and demands that we fund uh, their foreign conflict. We have to understand that Republicans, for once in this town, have actually stood pretty firm the last couple of weeks on the question of border security and said, you're not going to get another dime for Ukraine unless you do something serious about the American southern border. So Zelensky is parachuting into this domestic political debate about prioritizing our own border. He's not here to tell us anything we haven't heard before. He's here to badger and browbeat Speaker Johnson and Senate Republicans into foregoing our negotiations on border security in order to write him another blank check. I've never seen anything like this. This is not Churchill coming in the midst of World War II. This is literally a guy begging for a handout and telling Republicans to stop negotiating over your own border security. Uh, I'm offended by it. As a United States senator, I'm offended by it. We should be focused on our own border and be having that debate. We don't need Zelensky to parachute and tell us how to run our country. Carpe quadruple diem, Senator Vance. That's exactly what's happening. Time Magazine just had a headline of a story. Zelensky visit exposes MAGA hold on aid. (laughs) The Republicans want the southern border addressed. When did Ukraine become more important than the United States in the United States? I'll tell you when. When the money laundering machine that is Ukraine began. That's when. Somebody explained to me all those visits to Ukraine by people like Pelosi and other congressional people. What were they going over there for? Very bizarre. What was Biden going over there for in the middle of a war zone? Presidents don't do that. Was there a payday to be had? No accounting of this money. To this day, not one single penny has been accounted for. How can we exist like this? What kind of a country writes blank checks to other countries with no verification as to what it's for, no accounting as to where it's gone? What is, what have we paid for? There are rumors we're paying for people's education. 
When did we sign on for that? Folks, the easy answer as a voter is this. Vote out every single incumbent every single time. And then you won't have to worry about it. Sooner or later, these people will get the message. If you're going to give our money to a foreign thug country that's beset by corruption, we want to know what it's going for. If you don't tell us, we'll fire you and put you out of office. It's not hard. But the people have to understand they're in charge. These politicians aren't in charge. We're in charge. We need to act like we're in charge. Anthony Blinken and his band of cronies decide let's fearmonger the people of America into giving money to Ukraine. I think the only people who'd be happy if uh, the supplemental budget request is not voted on and approved by Congress are sitting in Moscow. Uh, sitting in uh, Tehran, sitting in Beijing. Republicans would be giving Vladimir Putin the best gift he could ask for. The future of the world is at stake. Republicans are playing games with the security of the world. What happens if Putin marches through Ukraine? What's next? NATO countries. Our sons and daughters are at risk of being a part of a larger conflict. If that isn't fear-mongering 101, I don't know what is. What happens if Putin marches through Ukraine? What's next? NATO. When has Putin ever made threats that he's going to attack NATO countries? He's not. He's not stupid. He might be a communist bully, but he's not stupid. He fights the battles he thinks he can win. He doesn't want us coming over there and fighting him. He's not about to invade NATO countries. But here's the point. He's no more likely to do it today than he was 10 years ago. He's the same guy. So if you're concerned about it today, why weren't you concerned about it 10 years ago? The difference is your money that you're money laundering through Ukraine wasn't going there 10 years ago, but it is now. So you got to take care of Ukraine. After all, that's part of the deal. I'm sure that's part of the deal Biden made with him. But they can fearmonger all they want. How about the senator from Connecticut, Chris Murphy, in that sound clip? The, the, the security of the world is at stake. So the Republicans are messing with the world's safety. The world. <laughs> the world. <laughs> the world is at stake if we don't give more money to Ukraine. Go ahead and try to follow that logic. But that's what political hacks tell you. The world is at stake. Again, they don't care about the southern border. Our world is at stake. I'll guarantee that. And of course, despite all their efforts, Israel is eliminating Hamas. KT McFarlane, are they succeeding in eradicating this cancer known as Hamas? This is the beginning of the end for Hamas. And the the way you can tell is that Israel has taken out the mid-level officers of Hamas. That's important because then once they take out the top level, which they will be doing now and and going forward in the next couple of days and weeks, then the guys at the bottom, the tens of thousands of Hamas fighters at the bottom, they have no place to report to. So in the good old days when they were mowing the grass, 
where the Israel would go take a few top leaders out of Hamas and then go back to Israel, and then Hamas comes back in a year or two's time, does the same thing all over again. This time, by taking out that entire mid-level officer group, the guys at the bottom, they have no place to go. That's why they're surrendering in droves. So I think it's now a matter of time before Israel does what its goal is, which is to eradicate Hamas. Not just to degrade it, but to eradicate it. Carpe diem, Israel. Despite all of the handcuffs that the Biden group have put on, they're doing it anyway. Good for them. If I were Netanyahu, I would put every Israeli tech genius on the case of election interference in the United States because Israel does not want a rerun of Biden and those and that gang with the way they've been treated. They do want Trump, who's a friend to Israel. Even though the liberals claim he's anti-Semitic, of course, a guy who has a Jewish son-in-law, a daughter who's converted to Judaism, Jewish grandchildren, moved our embassy to Jerusalem at the request of the Israelis. He's an anti-Semite. <laughs> the liberals are just so stupid. They'll, char- they'll, they'll, they'll lie about anything without considering how dumb the lie sounds. That one's a doozy, by the way. Farid Zakaria is one of these commentators at CNN. He went to Yale, so he's Ivy League educated, but it was years ago. He actually started to perhaps show some, just a, a morsel of smarts in his brain. He's getting the big picture in this, these universities these days. We have to understand the broad shift that has taken place at elite universities, which have gone from being centers of excellence to institutions pushing political agendas. American universities have been neglecting a core focus on excellence in order to pursue a variety of agendas, many of them clustered around diversity and inclusion. Carpe diem to Fareed Zakaria. Never thought I'd say that. 100% spot on. That's amazing, isn't it? Now, I wonder where the rest of the liberals were on that one. Where are you, liberals? You just heard what he said. He's right in every respect. That's what's going on at these universities. And something's got to change. Alan Dershowitz is a Harvard law professor, constitutional law. He has been sort of ostracized by the elitist at at Harvard because of his loyalty to the Constitution. Imagine that. Harvard turns its back on an esteemed constitutional law professor on their faculty because he defends the very Constitution that he teaches law students about. Pretty incredible. And he points the finger at the diversity, equity, and inclusion nonsense on college campuses, especially Harvard. It is the main cause of anti-Semitism on campus today. It divides students along racial and religious lines and creates a zero-sum game. If you are in favor of one group, you're against another group. Uh, It is a real problem. It is anti-intellectual. It is dishonest in many ways. Look, it uses the word diversity. 
but it means only racial diversity. Less than 3% of the faculty at Harvard identify as conservative. They say equity, which suggests equality, but equity is the exact opposite of equality. Indeed, under equity, if you dare to quote Martin Luther King's dream of a world where children are judged not by the color of their skin, but by the content of their character, you've committed a microaggression. And inclusion, Larry Summers has made it clear that inclusion has excluded Jews over the years. And so it's a, it's, it's a fraudulent concept, a dangerous concept. But 700 of my colleagues at Harvard, professors, have come out pandering to, um, to uh, 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 President Gay. Not only have they come out pandering to President Claudine Gay, they've defended her testimony in Congress. Good grief. Who in their right mind would do that? But what he just pointed out about this DEI business and this nonsense is spot on 100%. And she is front and center in the Harvard DEI, according to Dershowitz. DEI is destroying these institutions, and President Gay is a product of DEI. She championed it. That's how she became president. She is the symbol of DEI, and the symbol has failed, and she must also recognize her own failure and her role in that failure. But she won't recognize it, I promise you that, unless she's forced. DEI is dangerous. Alan Dershowitz is a thousand percent right. It's extremely dangerous. Just as dangerous, though, is tenure for professors. Once these people get tenure, go ahead and try to fire them. If you want to see a monumental task, try that undertaking. And Dershowitz addressed it. These departments have tenured professors who can't be fired. The departments, however, can be abolished, and we should immediately abolish abolish black studies, um, uh, gay studies, South Asian studies, Jewish studies. You go to, go to university to study, to learn how to think, not to be part of a club, not to become part of a cheering section. And these departments, some of them are quite good academically, but many of them, for example, critical race theory. There's no such thing. If you're critical of race You're not allowed in. It's uncritical race theory, and it's uncritical studying. It's rooting sections for these identity politics groups, and it's destroying education. I've never heard a guy articulate it so eloquently as Dershowitz did. Every single point he made was spot on 100%. Abolish these departments. You can't get rid of the professors, so abolish the department. Now they've got to go. Black studies. What the hell is black studies, Asian studies, Indian studies? He's right. Gay studies, Jewish studies. What is that? It's a load of crap is what it is. And Dershowitz is right on to call it out. Can you imagine the uproar when he said abolish black studies? I mean, that is a a department designed to foment more hatred among blacks toward whites. And man, are they doing it at these universities. It's sickening. Absolutely sickening. It drives you crazy. And this stuff is dangerous. This tenure is dangerous. And it should not be allowed. 
They've got to get rid of it. If they, like he said, if they can't get rid of the professor, get rid of the whole damn department. That's how you do it. Crazy crap, man. Just crazy as crazy can be. So Dershowitz knows, he knows that Claudine Gay should be out. Out, out, out. Sickening stuff. Shebos Kestenbaum is a Harvard grad student. He understands that Harvard... is last by all of these ranking services in free speech. Last. The bottom of the barrel. They're the worst when it comes to free speech on campus. But we have to keep in mind that this is a president whose university mandates that all students uh, attend a Title IX training where they are told that cis, hetero, uh, sexism, and fat phobia are forms of violence, using the wrong pronouns as a form of abuse, where Ronald Sullivan, who was a beloved professor, was fired for representing an objectionable client, where only 3% of the faculty openly identifies conservative, and as you said, ranked 248 out of 248 universities when it came to free speech. So the fact that we, we would love to do something for Jewish students and protect Jewish students, but we just can't because we have a commitment to the First Amendment when you and I both know that Harvard does not have a legal obligation to protect students who are engaging in violent rhetoric concerning Jewish students, and they don't have historical precedent of ever enforcing these policies to begin with. Just last year, when a student was engaged in a homophobic incident, he was condemned almost immediately, and he was expelled. A couple of years ago, when you had about 10 different students who were accepted and turned out that they had submitted racist posts on social media, the student, the, the, the university suspended them and rescinded their acceptance. Right. So the fact that when it comes to Jewish people, all of a sudden we wish we could do something, but we just can't because of the First Amendment is, is breathtaking in its hypocrisy. But they don't care about their hypocrisy. That's how they run their operation. But he points out the examples. I'd love to hear her address those, but she won't. And they won't talk to the students. They won't at all. Alan Dershowitz, is Harvard a bastion of free speech? Harvard ranked last, last on free speech. Right. And suddenly they discovered free speech on October 7th. And these other presidents discovered free speech. They discovered it when it was used against Jews. They didn't know about free speech when it was claimed by people who had been accused of microaggressions. Free speech was, you know, a patriarchal uh, a thing of the past, but now suddenly they're all hanging on to free speech in order to justify their failure to do anything and say anything about people on campus who were calling for the death of Jews. All of a sudden, free speech is important at Harvard. Last. Can you imagine that you'd finish last at this bastion of higher education? Harvard? Harvard? Jonathan Frieden is another student there. He's a student in the Harvard Law School. Are they hiding behind freedom of speech now, Jonathan? They're standing behind, and all these professors are standing behind free speech. If the university has a double standard when it comes to free speech, if the university doesn't enforce 
conduct. So there's so many things on campus that are happening that are conduct. They're not speech. If you're tearing down posters, if you're surrounding students and chanting shame in their faces and restricting their movement, that is conduct. Okay, that's not speech. There's also potential Title VI violations, and the university isn't using their own speech until they're on the hot seat. And so I fully agree, freedom of speech and freedom of expression is important, and it's important on college campuses, but that's not a defense here, and that's what's really unfortunate, at least for me, is really upsetting. It's not a defense, because he's right. When you block someone's way to class and you chant at them, calling them names, that's conduct. That's not freedom of speech. When you tear down posters by, and when you tear down pictures of hostages, that's not freedom of speech. But all of a sudden, Harvard hides behind freedom of speech and says, oh, that, that's freedom of speech. We can't get in the way of the First Amendment. But as you heard students there tell you, it didn't stop them when it was a black person or a gay person or a trans person, only Jews. I'm stunned and mortified daily by the amount of anti-Semitism in this country, especially on these college campuses. Victor Davis Hanson, is there any free speech really on any of these college campuses? Well, we've been voices, everybody at the university has been voices in the wilderness because they have no free speech. They call any free expression hate speech. You substitute the word gay or Latino or black for Jewish and I guarantee you those three presidents that testified would have expelled those students immediately for what they had done. But for Jews are conflated in this new cultural matrix as white oppressors, and Israel in particular, and they feel they have a a free hand. That's what they feel like. But he's right. There's no such thing as free speech on college campuses. Give it a try. Give it a try if you're a conservative. Do you hear that number that Dershowitz cited? Less than 3% of the faculty at Harvard identify as conservative. Less than 3%. By the way, those that do are the most courageous people of any faculty, anywhere, anytime. That's incredible that you would say that you're conservative on that campus. So there is no freedom of speech. None whatsoever. Talia Khan is a student at MIT. She's a grad student there. What's her objective? My objective is just that the school enforces its own rules and stops blatant anti-Semitic calls to violence on campus. That's what matters. If the way that this needs to happen is to get rid of the members of the MIT Corporation who endorsed President Kornbluth and said that her actions combating anti-Semitism were quote-unquote excellent, um, you know, senior administration who's also supportive, and the toxic DEI infrastructure, which you were just speaking about, who continue to gaslight us and tell us that everything is okay and that the disciplinary procedures are moving forward even when they, we know that they're not, you know, then so be it. If these all these people need to go, then, then if that's what needs to happen, that's what needs to happen. I mean, these universities are like the government. These students that go to these schools are not stupid. Like she said, they keep telling us that it's, this is happening, but they know it's not. It's like the government. It's like Biden. Yeah, the, the economy's working. No, it's not. We're not stupid. It's insulting. And they all think they can say this, that's, that's a liberal trademark. 
They they think that you're so stupid that they can tell you anything and you'll buy it. And the truth is, they're stupid. And we don't buy it. And these kids that you're listening to here don't buy it. Mittens Romney was talking the other day, and I'd be, I'd be darned if I don't think he was actually blaming Trump for the misbehavior on these college campuses. By creating law, mm-hmm. but by creating example. And, and recognize that the people we choose as our leaders are not just going to write law and effectuate policy. They're also setting the character of the country. It's one of the reasons I have such concern about President Trump, which is he has affected the character of America. He sure has. In a positive way. You are a slimy backroom liar. That's what you are. So don't you ever lecture people on character. Ever. And I would say this. Anybody who never has a hair out of place isn't to be trusted. It's that simple. Just a simple rule. It's the Slayton rule. It's one of the Slayton rules. If I catch a guy who has no hairs out of place ever... He's not to be trusted. Kevin McCarthy, Mittens Romney. I mean, come on. You can add to the list, but am I right? (laughs) They're all scalawags. And that includes hair plugs like Biden. It's amazing. But I I thought when I heard Romney, he's blaming Trump. He just said this over the weekend. What isn't Trump's fault? The problem is that nobody buys that load of crap either, including Victor Davis Hanson, who has forgotten more than Romney will ever know. It predates Trump by 30 years, and they know it. They have to weigh in on every political issue, and they don't have any business doing that, and now they got caught, and they're trying to blame Donald Trump. And Donald Trump is the bogeyman that anything yeah. that goes wrong, they, they cite. But they did it to themselves, and they know it. They're embarrassed, and now they're afraid of the public. And they'll, right. they'll reach for any excuse they can because they're trapped by their own behavior and words. We know them by what they say. We know them by what they say. Victor Davis Hanson, one of the most brilliant people in this country. Our director of research just texted Newsom's another one. <laughs> All you have to do is look at these people. Newsom, McCarthy, Romney, never a hair out of place. Do you trust any one of those three? Would you buy a used car from any one of those three? Would you buy anything from any one of those three? Much less the crap that they spew out. I mean, it just fits. It's one of the Slayton rules. Perfectly coiffed hair equals liar. It's just the way it is. Give me the guy with the disheveled hair. Uh, Not Bernie Sanders. Okay, he's an exception. He's an exception. But Victor Davis Hanson's so right. They got caught. All of these university people think they have to weigh in on every political issue. People like Romney think he has to. And they all want to blame Trump. And Victor Davis Hanson's right. This has been going on in college universities for 30 years or more. At least. Pretty amazing. And he's right. Ugh, these people sicken me.
And Shabos uh, Kestenbaum, the Harvard grad student, understands very simply the double standard that's at work at Harvard and these other elite universities with regard to how they're handling freedom of speech issues. If it's a black or Hispanic or gay or tranny, it's handled completely differently than if it is a Jew. What if Claudine Gay had said this about black people, about gay people, about Asian Americans? Would you be as defensive as you would be now? And let's also be very clear, under Claudine Gay's leadership of the last uh, three months, there has been an almost complete destruction of Harvard's reputation, the loss of more than $1 billion in donations, two different congressional investigations, calls for further federal action, charges of plagiarism and falsifying her own data in her dissertation, a total moral, moral abdication of leadership. So I'm confused as to why people ask me why I think that she should resign as opposed to me asking them why should she stay. Carpe diem, Shabos Kestenbaum. That's called making your case, folks. That's how you make your case. Just the litany of things that has happened under her leadership just since October 7th. But the big one was more than a billion dollars in donations. Remember... M. Liz Miguel, I love it when they put that initial before their first name. M. Liz Miguel resigned at Penn because over the weekend one donor rescinded a $100 million donation. $100 million. Now that is huge. You cost your company $100 million, you're fired immediately. So she resigned, the, the, the president of the board of trustees resigned, but at Harvard... The arrogance of Claudine Gay, perhaps it's because she's black and she thinks she's untouchable. Her arrogance defies logic. You've cost your company over a billion dollars. I don't care who you are. If you cost your company a billion dollars, you're fired before they can say dollars. As soon as they hear one billion, you're gone. She's still there, and she's got the support of over 700 lunatic liberal faculty members. What kind of a nut house are they running at Harvard? That place is a loony bin. And they're going to destroy it for the students. Those students who have earned their way when they come out of Harvard, people go say, I'm not hiring you, dude, or dudette. Neither one of you. You went to Harvard. That place is a nut house. means you're nuts. That's how I would associate it. Give me a Mizzou grad. <laughs> Any day of the week over a Harvard grad. Guarantee. At least I know if I get a Mizzou grad, they're not going to be these lunatics although some of them probably are. But they won't be as bad as Harvard. I mean, Harvard's just unbelievable. Imagine a faculty, first of all, that has over 700 people and only 3% identify and register as Republicans. That alone is bad enough. But the 700-plus of them would sign a letter supporting this president who's lost over a billion dollars, who's been accused now of plagiarism, She's right there in the Joe Biden school of plagiarism. With all of this against her, all of the record that Shabos Kirstenbaum just identified, 
Alan Dershowitz, will she resign? Will she survive? I think she'll survive because she has so many people pandering to her, the members of the faculty, members of the alumni, members of Black Alumni Association. She has put together, or people on her behalf put together, uh, this incredible effort to try to keep her on. But she will not succeed. Uh, I don't think her presidency will be successful. Uh, I hope she resigns. I think that would be the best thing that could happen to Harvard. I doubt she will, and I suspect one of the reasons that a lot of the professors have signed on to this letter is because they know that she's going to stay on, and they don't want to be in her bad graces. Uh, How scary would that be? If you're one of the professors who didn't sign on, and she stays, she could make your life miserable. Of course, you could then file a retaliation lawsuit against her. I keep saying her. I'm not 100% certain she's a her. From what one of the students said is that she would expel you for using the wrong pronouns. You talk about somebody who's on an ego trip. That's pretty incredible. The wrong pronouns. Ah. <laughs> uh. But Dershowitz is probably right. She'll stay. She isn't going anywhere. That's how they are. And and when you've got 700 lunatic faculty members supporting you, and as Dershowitz said, he, he's doubtful that they'll be able to get rid of her. Somebody needs to stand up, though. And Bill Ackman, I'm telling you, if, she's, if she goes, it's because of Ackman. This guy's influence on Wall Street is huge. Secondarily, he's so wealthy, he's such a wealthy donor that he's pulled his money. Of course, that's where the largest share of the billion dollars is coming from. I talked to a parent last night of two Harvard grads. He has plenty of money, and he he donates a lot to Harvard. And he told me the first thing he did, and he's Jewish, by the way, first thing he did was call Harvard and tell them, don't you ever ask me, for another penny ever. You'll never get another cent. Now that's the way it's gone. And that's the way it should go. And when Bill Ackman gets in the picture, there's trouble for Claudine Gay. He wants her out. That letter he wrote, and believe me, you know he's doing some lobbying. I I disagree with Alan Dershowitz. I don't think she'll survive. I think because of Ackman, she'll be gone. Because people understand a billion dollars. All the other stuff becomes secondary. It shouldn't, but it does. A billion dollars is a big amount of money. Big. Now, you might not get into a billion dollars of trouble if you have the wrong health insurance, but you can get into trouble with the wrong health insurance real quickly. Just ask anybody who's ever had a medical emergency. So Jordan Krugman is the guy to call about your health insurance. It's a perfect time now because open enrollment is going on and runs through January 15th. See what Jordan has to offer you. See if your health insurance policy is the best it can be. Get some peace of mind. There is nothing like peace of mind in this world, especially when it comes to finances. And if you get hit with a catastrophic illness or something, God forbid, if you have cancer diagnosis and you have to get chemo, And the bills run into the six figures, as it did for one lady. She didn't have to pay a penny 
thanks to the plan that Jordan designed specifically for her. There's a ton of low-cost alternatives that are available to you that you don't even know about. I didn't know about them. I didn't know there were plans that had a zero deductible, but there are, and Jordan knows about them. Here's the beauty of all of this. He's a broker. So he's not working for the insurance companies. He's working for you. He will take your finances and your history of medical health insurance, put them together, develop a plan designed specifically for you. Then he'll take it to all the insurance companies and get you the best deal. How do you, how do you not say yes to that? He's licensed in 23 states, including Missouri and Illinois. Every appointment that you have with him, you can do virtually from your own home. And he never charges you a broker fee, ever. Sounds too good to be true, doesn't it? It's not. He's my insurance agent. But keep in mind, the fact that he's a broker works for us. If you're about ready for Medicare, you're turning 65, he can explain the Medicare supplements, the Advantage plans, the Part D drug plans, and make it easy to understand. Your insurance companies aren't going to tell you that. They're going to inundate you with mail that's confusing. Did your insurance company tell you that most Advantage plans have a zero monthly premium? Did they tell you that there are new options that cover pre-existing conditions? That's the most important thing for elderly people. They want to know, does my pre-existing condition get covered by Medicare? Jordan has the answer, and the answer is yes. There are new options that cover it. And there's lots of extras he finds for you. Gym memberships, transportation services, hearing aids. 314-602-4055. That's Jordan's number. 314-602-4055. Every one of his clients gets his cell number. Online, you'll find him at thehealthinsuranceguy.net. Thehealthinsuranceguy.net. That's Jordan Krugman. All right, we're coming back in the Monster Energy Drink, stl-cars.com, Window World, Kings Court, right after this. Children sleeping, snow is softly falling, dreams are calling, like bells in the distance,
trusting starlight to get where they need to be when it seems that we have lost our way we find ourselves again on Christmas Welcome you back in on this Tuesday morning, right here into the Monster Energy Drink, stl-cars.com, Window World, Kings Court, on kevinslaytonshow.com. We're glad you're with us on this Tuesday morning. Um, a lot of things to talk about. Of course, our lines are open for you, 636-348-4460. Our good friends at stl-cars.com having a booming business month. And a lot of it's because of our listeners calling. They're getting great deals on cars, used cars, SUVs, trucks, you name it. They've got it at stl-cars.com. And it's the beauty of the process that attracts everybody. You don't have to go to each dealership and try to finagle the best deal. All you have to do is do one thing. Go to the website. You go to stl-cars.com. And guess what happens there? You have over a 1,000 vehicles to look at and choose from. Whether they're cars or SUVs or trucks, they've got them all. I've bought three vehicles from them through the years. The last one I bought was one from Tennessee, an SUV. But let me tell you something about this. You pick the one you want. Then you call or text Don at 314-626-3251, 314-626-3251. Tell him what you want. Tell him what you want to pay, and then he does the rest. Now, if it's something that you Want that you can't find on the website? That happened to me. That's why I got mine from Tennessee, because Don has this vast inventory and access to it all over the country. He'll go get what you want. That's what he did for me, the SUV I got from Tennessee. My son just got one from Alabama through Don. STL-cars.com. Folks, don't make getting a car, whether it's a used car, a truck, an SUV, new car, truck, or SUV, don't make it feel like you went to the dentist. It ha- it doesn't have to be a root canal. It can be fun, and it can be quick. It takes as long as it takes you to pick the car out. 
314-626-3251. Call or text Don after you've gone to stl-cars.com and pick the one that you want. It's fantastic, isn't it? All right, Cleo's up first. Good morning, Cleo. How are you today? Well, I'm pretty good, pretty good. Just one put one foot in front of the other. How are you doing? I'm doing well also, and you're right. It's the old one foot in front of the other. Yeah, especially nowadays, but, you know, try not to listen to the news too much. But well, you just don't trip when you're putting one foot in front of the other. <laughs> hey, listen, this is, this is something at this Harvard. They got they got 700-plus Harvard Jew haters there. That's right. At least, we know at least 700-plus Jew haters at Harvard. I mean, that's what the them, uh, Republicans need to start calling the, the wing of the Democratic Party, the Jew-hating wing of the Democratic Party. Yeah, don't call them the squad anymore. Just call them the Jew haters. Call them what they are. (laughs) It's not an exaggeration at all. No, it's not. It's dead on accurate. They're Jew haters. That's what they are. That's what they've always been. And there's a lot of Democrats. It's not just that group, but that group specifically. And and, and again, this this idiot uh, president of uh, Harvard, Carol Swain, the eminent black female academic lady who's got all the integrity you could want in a person is accused this peanut head Claudine Gay <laughs> I mean she is a peanut head ain't she, she is a peanut head accused her of of, of, uh, of uh, stealing her material what do you call that what do you call that you call that plagiarism plagiarism she t- Carol McSwain has more integrity in a little finger than this peanut head has in her whole body. Carol Swain is the person I look to in the educational academ- academia world for any answers. She's it. If you listen to her, you're listening to somebody who not only pulled herself up by herself, but then succeeded against all odds and is one of the most esteemed professors and academicians there is in this country. Yeah, her and Thomas Sowell are the, are the two, two of the two of the top academic people there is couldn't agree around. More. White or black, it doesn't make any difference. No, couldn't agree more. I, I and and not, I'll tell you what, I look on, on constitutional issues. I look to Dershowitz, and this guy couldn't be more liberal. But I look to him for his because you know why? He doesn't let his liberalism get in the way of reality. Yeah, he's a decent person. He's he's got a lot of courage as well. He's got a lot of courage because he has lost a lot of. Wealthy friends up there in that snarky East Coast area. I mean, can you imagine? You know, you got a you got a kid, an intelligent high school kid, says, "Daddy, I want to go to Harvard." What's Daddy going to say? You well, get any money from me? I tell you what, this Daddy would say is, "There ain't no chance." <laughs> Especially if this Daddy was Jewish. Oh, yeah, you can't you can't go there if you're Jewish. I mean, no. you might as well send you to Auschwitz. <laughs> hey, hey, let me touch on this thing. You know, you're talking about you know Trump having a big lead on the polls. Uh, I gotta, I gotta tell you, Kevin, four percent in Georgia. That ain't that ain't squat. Okay, I think he has a six point lead in Georgia. He has a, a four. I think four point lead overall nationally. Ten points in Michigan. Six in Georgia. No lead is safe. No lead is safe in these polls. I, remember, I don't trust the polls anyway, though they skew liberal. So when it favors yeah. a Republican, that means they're much better than they are, than they say yeah, they are. Yeah, I thought the same thing. But but 4 6% in Georgia, that ain't nothing, Kevin. All they have to do is screw up the voting machines 
in the red districts like they did for Cary Lake in Arizona. Remember yeah. they did that? No lead is safe when you got cheaters out there. That's why I say, despite the polls, that's fine. But make sure that you're policing on Election Day. Because we don't want to hear what a great upset it was that Donald Trump somehow lost. Well, it's going to be difficult because there's so many people are doing this. Another thing they're going to do is they're going to have suitcases full of, of ballots like they did in Philly in the last presidential election. Well, what we have to do, and, and Trump ought to be doing this, get on the phone to Netanyahu, have him <laughs> enlist the brightest Israeli tech minds that there are to make sure that mm-hmm. they are watching this election. Because we know the Russians and the Chinese don't want Trump, so they're going to do everything they can to get him out. So they're going to try to compromise this election. So we need the Israelis in there fighting for Trump. And I'll tell you this, I'll take the smartest Israeli tech people over the Ruskies and the Chinese any day of the week. Any day of the week, that's right. And I'll take their fighters, their infantry, Every any day. day over the yeah. Chinese and the Russians. Every day and 100 times on Sunday. Yeah. They're about. You heard KT McFarland say earlier this morning. They're about to eliminate Hamas. They're they're eradicating them. It's all. She she thinks it might take more, no more than a month. Yeah, that's a big item. You don't hear that. You don't even hear that on Fox. There's hardly any news on the wall. I want to hear what's going on in the wall. Well, Fox doesn't doesn't know what's going on in the war. Fox is too busy doing stupid stuff. I, I can't stomach Fox anymore. Yeah, they're gonna have Nikki Haley on every other day. I guess. Huh? Well, when she's not on, they put Christie on. Oh, God, what a slob. He is a slob. And and what do you have him on for? Why would you put a guy on who's trending at 1% or 2%? Yeah, who only is in the, in the campaign for one reason, and everybody knows it. Right, exactly. I mean, it's embarrassing. The guy has thoroughly destroyed himself, although he'll be the darling of liberal America forever. Well, anyway, I'll sign off here. But it's disgusting the, the amount of, of Jewish anti-Semitism there is in this country. It's 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 showing itself, and, and it's it's a disgraceful thing. Disgraceful. Absolutely disgraceful. Never thought I would see it. But I've said that about a lot of things since Biden's been in his regime. I never thought I'd see this. I never thought I'd see this. It, 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 it keeps happening. Yeah, and they're putting on pr- pressure on that now, Yahoo to end, end, end the war early. That's ridiculous. Absolutely. That ridiculous? Well, he'll end it at his pace. He'd like to end it as quickly as possible, but he'll end it at his pace. And it's not going to be because he's not finished, because Biden tells him to. But they'll, they'll keep putting pressure on him. That's why it's imperative that he probably gets it done in the next month or so, maybe two months. But they're going to put pressure on him because the rest of the world will jump in, the U.N. and all those clowns. Just, yeah. I, I want Trump to get in just so he can kick the U.N. out of the United States. Yeah, they, they are, yeah that's what they ought to do. They ought to lock the doors, man. They ought to, they no, their give, days are over. Go find don't a new, give me any notice. Go find if a new Trump, place. Yeah, go find a new place. I'm walk- I'm the president of this country. I'm walking up, and I'm putting a padlock on this door. Right. Nobody's getting in anymore. That's right. You're finished. All right, Kevin. Thank you, Cleo. You're welcome. Bye. Appreciate the call. Good stuff. Good points. But it is true. No, Nobody talks about how Israel's all of a sudden this close to eradicating these bastards. I didn't think that was the case until I heard KT McFarland talking about it. She knows. She's been a diplomat, a career diplomat. So she knows. She was in the Trump administration. She's close to the Israelis. And that's, of course, the Trump administration. It's amazing how many good people were in his cabinet and in his, some of his positions. He's He also has established a real bad 
line of hiring when it comes to certain positions and people that he can't trust. But then again, that was his first foray into Washington. My guess is the second time around will be a little different. And it won't be so cozy for those bastards. Mitch McConnell can count his days. If the Senate Republicans don't vote to overthrow him as their leader, there's not a single Republican in that Senate that has a spine. They need to, to, when this election in 2024 is over and the Republicans retake the Senate, which I believe they will do, they need to vote in a new leader immediately. You cannot have this mush-mouthed Chinese spy leading you going forward. can't have it. He stares into the the abyss just like Biden does. You got two lunatics. Uh, Schumer, as, as weaselly and slimy and snarky as he is, at least he can speak. At least he's all there. So two out of the three leaders in this country, the minority leader in the Senate, the, major, the uh, majority leader in the Senate, and the president, only one of which can speak. Then you have the majority leader in the House, he can speak, Mike Johnson. But then you've got Hakeem Jeffries. He's an illiterate. Imagine that. So you've got two leaders in each house, in the House and in the Senate, in each chamber, I should say. That's four, then the president. Out of the five most powerful people in this country, only two can speak, much less get anything done. (laughs) What a cluster bomb. Two of them belong in a rest home. One of them's just an illiterate, and the other two can speak. And one of those is a slime ball who should be in jail for threatening the lives of Supreme Court justices. Those are your five leaders. Congratulations, America. You did a bang up job voting. Unbelievable, isn't it? That'll take care of us for this morning, but we're back at noon fighting the good f- fight in the sports world. On Monster Energy Drinks, stl-cars.com's Kings Court on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. We will see you noon to 2 as we do every day. And don't forget, on Thursday of this week, we will be at the Irish Gypsy Pub and Grill on Bryan Road in O'Fallon, Missouri. That's where we'll do our sports show Thursday, noon to 2. Love you, Mom. Love you, Dad. Love you, Maureen. So long, everybody.